0: You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Beyond
1: the Game. Hello and welcome again to Beyond the Game. I am your host, Kimball Gammon. Uh, today joining me, Bill Moss, former defensive man for the Kansas City Chiefs. And Bill, first and foremost, appreciate you coming on today. Yeah, thanks for having me, buddy. Hey, um, so we, this, you know, I told you about this podcast. We, we talk about life off the field and life after the game. And so I'm curious. I am going to go back to your career because you were, I think it was 1984, 85, fifth overall pick in the first round by Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, had a stellar career, two first-team All-Pro, two second-team All-Pro, two Pro Bowls, uh, defensive a rookie of the year, a lot of accolades, which is just fabulous. I'm, I'm curious going back then. Even in maybe into college, because you, you're obviously a heralded uh recruit or rather potential draft pick. C- can you talk about any of the pressures that you were feeling then, if any, uh, or, or were you just simply having fun playing the game?
2: Yeah, you know, that's that's a great question. I, um, I, I, I think there's some pressure that comes with, with being a high-round draft choice and um, how you're going to help the team out or where you're going to end up when it's all said and done. I think there's I just, you know, I I knew that I was going to go in the first round and I knew I was either going to go to a team that had a winning tradition uh, going and I was going to help continue that winning tradition or mm-hmm. I've got, I'm going to go to a team that's been struggling and, and help turn it around. And so I just kind of had that mindset, Kendall, that, you know, wherever I went, you know, it's going to be one of those scenarios. And when I came to Kansas City, you know, they – they they were they were on down times and when you go high in the draft you're you're probably going to go to a team that's struggling a little bit. So, um, I got to here in '84 and uh, had a heck of a class come in that year too. It was a bunch of bunch of great players came in on that draft class, and uh, in '86 we 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 made a wild card playoff. So and things just kept on getting better from then. So I I think that was that's what I felt i needed
1: to do i don't know if that was pressure but more i kind of had a game plan of of how to go about it okay so that's interesting because you talked about mindset and having that game plan and i mean basically what we focus on is is what our life becomes to for for the most part um i mean at least now in the years that i've known you very cerebral person very bright um and i mean back then i mean what was it was it calculated to a degree um, like, like you talked about, or uh, did, did you have any did you have any resources there at the University of Pittsburgh uh, to help you out, or even after you were done getting ready to go to the NFL? I know these days, you know, uh, the agents work with the guys incessantly in terms of h- how to talk on camera, j- just how to answer questions. Did you get any of that back then? You know, it, it was funny. I I always had the kind of gift for Deb, if if you will, uh, mm-hmm. much like
2: you, much like you do. Um, and I think I got that experience, uh, at, at Pittsburgh, you know, we, we'd have these things that were called, uh, the golden Panther banquets, which, and we would travel around the state, um, and go to these different cities and have these golden Panther alumni and we'd have dinners and, and we'd go with the coach and they'd bring a couple of players and we'd get up and talk. And so I, I, I got to do that over my four years at Pittsburgh. And then just talking to the press on a, on a, on a regular basis, as was one of the key players on the team. You, you kind of, you get used to what to say. And I'll never forget that. Uh, I, I made a comment. I didn't know I was young. and I said something that was completely wrong. And, and Jackie Sherrill cut the newspaper article out and came to the locker room in front of the whole. Oh team no. And, yeah. And, and threw it at me and said, he said, learn how to talk to the media son. And, uh, I was like, well, yeah, okay. I guess I guess that was one lesson. I'll have to check that right. Out. Make sure make sure you don't do that again. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. And and um it has got to be interesting also. I mean, once you get drafted, all of a sudden, even as much press as you're getting on, on a good Pittsburgh team, you get even more and you come into that locker room. I know how I felt as an eleventh round pick going to the Steelers, um, but you were a first round pick. I mean, walking into a locker room to where now you're essentially the freshman, um, how did you make a plan of how to hand your, handle yourself there? Because in my 15 years, I saw a lot of guys come in and they had no plan of how they were going to deal with things, and they they had the misconception that they were still the BMOC, and uh, that's just yeah. not the case.
2: So, yeah, I, I mean, a couple things there. That's 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 interesting. When you're when you're going into that environment, you just mm. don't know. You don't know what you're walking into, right? And and, and, uh, so you're, you're in the, you're in the locker room in your first couple days there, and you're just taking everything in. You're just right. It's just information overload. It's just all coming in. You're just, you're just looking around, but it didn't take me long to figure out, you know, who had been doing it, uh, for a long time and, mm-hmm. and, and do, and doing it at a high level. And, and so I, I identified those people and, and kept a close eye on how they went about things and how they prepared and how they worked and how they worked out. And, um, I, I, I took that in and, um, you know, because I wanted to be successful and those guys found a way to be successful. And so, you know, I kind of just emulated and took in what they did. And, And there were some guys there on that team, you know, that really helped me, um, transition and, and, and grow. Uh, Art still was the first-round draft choice as a defensive yep. end. Mike Bell was the first-round draft choice as a defensive end. I walked into that locker room and to that defensive line meeting room, and, you know, there's three first-round draft choices in there. So um, they knew the pressures. They understood, and we talked about those things openly. So, that yeah, those two were a big help for sure.
1: How about over your your career? I, I know from my standpoint, I'll say this. I saw – oh. Certainly uh high round picks, but also pre-agents who 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 were on their second contract and they played well and so they got paid and deservedly so. Uh but I, and I won't say the name, but it was somebody when I was with the Steelers who got a got a big contract and all of a sudden he thought his IQ went up hundred points and <laughs> decided that he now needed to talk more and he needed to take control of things. And he just didn't have the intellect to do it. I mean, he was a great guy. He wasn't stupid, but he wasn't Einstein either. I, I, I'm always curious if other people have noticed that through their careers because, for me, it was very blatant. Well, I think,
2: you know, that's the thing about the locker room, right? I mean, as we get, it, it's made up of all sorts. I mean, you think you might know all the different kind of people out there, and then you get right. in the locker room, and you're like, whoa, I didn't know a creature like that existed. So, yeah. Uh, Yeah, it it takes all all kinds and it was interesting, but, you know, I I always thought the leadership part of of a team, it weeded itself out. You know, there's a lot of people that that try to jump up in the front of the room and and talk and say something Mm -hmm. and you just kind of let them say their piece, makes them feel good, let them say it. But, you know, the, the true leaders of a team are identified pretty easily on how they do things when they do things and all the people that around them that come to them, uh, Uh collaborate, just collaborate about, about what you're doing. So, you know, that, that, that dream always rises, so to say. So, you know, the leaders really step
1: out and, and become the the focal point of the team. Can can you talk, I'm curious that I'm going to reference somebody, but Um, how important the middle game is in the NFL and not just to learn the playbook and everything. We hear about that all the time, but again, either being a leader or being a a team member and understanding where your place is and the skills you have and dealing with it. Um, You went to the university of Pittsburgh. Uh, When I came to Pittsburgh uh, in 92, uh, so it was a little bit after your time. Obviously there was a guy there, offensive lineman. I think he was after your time by the name of Tom Ricketts. And he had been a, he had been a first round pick. Yeah. And, it, it just didn't click for him, and no. I felt bad because I thought he had the the physical skills to a degree, but it didn't go well, and then I just watched the middle game somewhat crumble around him, and, and it, it ate him up, uh, and I'm not so sure if he had been in another environment that maybe it would have been a different story, but I mean, I, I don't know. I don't think you crossed paths with him, but, but surely you saw some things like that over your career?
2: Sure. No, I knew Tom. I, I knew Tom. Okay. And and, and you're right about that. I mean, there was the, uh, you know, the mental side of it is tough and not everybody's equipped for it because, um, you know, if you struggle and yeah. things are, things are opened up or maybe you didn't know of a, a weakness you had that got unveiled. Um, right. And, and, and so how do you go about that? How do how do you go about, mm-hmm. you know, covering it up and playing to your strengths and, finding a way to survive and that's what it really is i mean it's yeah. finding a, a niche and something to hang your hat on that you yep. can do and you do very well and teams want that from you um mm-hmm. and and they're all it's all different little things uh so it's you know it doesn't always have to be uh, a, a picture perfect way to play the position you're playing there's a lot of ways to go about it yeah and you need to f- and, and you need to figure it out and the guys that dwell on Oh, my gosh, that just happened to me. I made a mistake. They get, if you get eaten up in that, you're done, man. Yeah, there's no doubt.
1: Okay, we're going to take a break, pay a few bills. When we come back, I'm going to talk to you about another Pittsburgh uh, Panther and who, who was on
0: the other side and very successful. We'll be back right after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. It's more fun to be there for live Kansas City Chiefs football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the Kansas City Chiefs and the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze and you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to wrap your team's colors. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash Chiefs. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
1: All right, we're back with Bill Moss, former defensive end for the Kansas City Chiefs. uh, Overall first-round pick, uh, fifth overall um, in the first-round pick. Uh, Bill, we were talking about the uh, the Panthers a little bit. You probably didn't know you were going to talk about Pittsburgh this much, but uh, – uh, and, and this one, I don't know if he would have crossed your path either, uh, but he was on the other end, which he was undersized. Uh, he probably wasn't the fastest, um, but he was a football player, Jerry Olsovsky. And, and, and you know, he played next to me on special teams, even when he was a starter, because he freaking loved it. And that's what, to me, linebackers are the guys that just really, really love the game. But this was a guy when you looked at him, he wasn't supposed to be in the NFL, and yet he had a stellar career, and now he's actually, I believe, a linebacker's coach with the Steelers. Yeah. You knew him a little bit, but this was a guy yeah. on the other end who had the mental mindset and makeup to really handle things and go after it.
2: Yeah, you know, there's an aspect of some guys that, you know, they just won't be denied. You right. Know? And and I mentioned it earlier, you know, about finding your niche and, and, and what it is. And Jerry O was just one hardworking, tough SOB, right? I mean yes. that, that embodied him. And that's what mm-hmm. he clung to, and that's what he, he hung his hat on, and that's who he was gonna be. And that's a tough thing to do because when you hang your hat on being that player. You have to do it every single day, and you can't stop doing it. You have to do it at practice, in the meeting room. Everything you do is basically based around that. And and he got the most out of himself. He got the most out of his body. And, and you know, that's, uh, you know, if everybody had that kind of attitude, mental makeup that just right. are going to be denied, um, then, you know, you'd—, you'd you you see so, so much better outcome in the draft picks, right? I mean, normally, yeah, you know, all these teams they draft these players, they come in, and then mm-hmm. you unwrap the present and you find out what you have. And that's right, and that's how you get. And when you find out you got a guy like Jerry, you know, when they drafted him and to go on to play the long career he played and the contributor he was as a starter and a teammate and a captain, yeah, he, he's just a heck of a guy.
1: Yeah, it really is. Um, I'm curious, you know, having played at Pittsburgh uh and being in the city that had an NFL franchise with the Steelers, uh do you think that has effect? I mean, there's only 32 franchises, so there's only 32 colleges uh that that have both. Do you think that makes a difference for, for guys that, that are pretty accomplished being in the city with an NFL franchise for any reason? I mean, did you ever were you ever around them? Did you ever do any joint uh media sessions or whatever i did a few uh signings with curtis martin while he was in college uh we went to the same things and got to know him a little bit yeah he wouldn't remember me from adam now but all the same just a great dude but i I remember being impressed by him uh even in in college i'm curious did you cross paths with anybody
2: so that's interesting you said that Uh, um my recruiting trip to to the university of pittsburgh was the last weekend of a recruiting trip, and it also was the weekend the Steelers were playing the Rams in the Super Bowl. They timed it up. They timed it up pretty perfect. Fine. They brought it myself, Chris Dolman, Chris Carter. Uh, oh, they, all the people they wanted. They brought it in on that weekend, and, and that Super Bowl had a big effect on me. Absolutely, uh-huh. um, uh, the way the city embraced them, the way that everything, the whole town was painted orange. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. black and gold, and. And and then when I got to the University of Pittsburgh, we, we went to their summer training camp. We worked out with Mike Webster and those guys. I mean, we wow. were part. Yeah. So I got, I got to meet them and, and hang out with them and work out with them. And it, it definitely had a big effect on your life, knowing that that aspect of it is right there. It, you can touch it. It's real. And you write them talk and you see the things they do and how they work and how they go about things. And yeah, it was, it was really neat. And there was coaches that were part of the program that went on to the Steelers and we did things uh-huh. interactively. We, yeah, we did autograph sessions and speaking engagements at Dapper Dan
1: awards and all those things. Oh yeah. And right. It, right. Yeah. It was kind of like, a it was kind of a family deal. That's interesting. Now I hadn't even thought about this, but you brought it up. So I'm going to expand on this a little bit, which is. You talked about the city and how they embrace the Steelers. I love the fact there that that all the professional teams are black and gold. They have they have those colors. Seems like Pittsburgh has done a lot of things right. It's a family-run organization in the Rooneys, of course. With us and and Pittsburgh, or Kansas City, I'm, this is the other of what I think is truly rate, truly great family-run organization. When you look uh at the Rooney's and what they did for the game in the NFL if you look at the hunts and what they did for the game of football and continue to do I mean the the two parallel each other quite a bit don't they
2: yeah absolutely um you know and 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 the type of people they are too I I, I would say the city, yeah you know I mean I, I got to meet Dan Rooney and um Art I got to meet Art as well and and mm-hmm. uh, how they went about things and you know, walking down the hill right to the stadium. They lived up on the hill. They stopped at Mash first, right? Um, yeah. Just, just, just the the, the type of people they are. The the integrity they have. It's it's no wonder that success has followed.
1: Yeah, you know what? If, if I were really on my game, I would have somehow gotten a peppy sandwich delivered to you while we're while we're hey, doing it, this, it, or Permane Brothers, and really got you yeah, on my side. Yeah, but that's yeah. cool. Yeah, you mentioned that being able to talk to to Art. I didn't get to talk to Art. He passed on, but. I was around Dan. And then having, you know, the good fortune here to be around Lamar. Uh, those guys were just they were such true gentlemen. I, I remember Dan, though I laugh about this with with Dan, which is after we won uh, uh, my rookie year after we run the uh the the division, he came by and congratulated us all. And it was kind of funny when he when he when he came by me, he said congratulations, and he kind of looked up at my my nameplate Kendall and then went back down. He, you know, I didn't know that he hadn't had any idea who I was, but but he was trying to be nice and all, all the same. It was, it was pretty cool. I also remember the fact and um and the fact of you know, and this was a big deal to me, which is I, I'm sure nowadays it would be illegal, but you know, we came in the day after we won the conference and everybody had a hundred dollar bill sitting on their on their stool, which was a little thing, but it was kind of a big thing. I think when really it's not just the, the owners of the teams, but in general in life. When you show somebody they care that you care and that they matter to you, uh, that becomes such a big thing, and I think both organizations do that, uh, really, really well, yeah. And, and
2: it, it's it's funny how you know, uh, how important that, that is. And I'm not sure yeah. if a lot of the owners even know that, but for the players, as you know, from sitting in that mm-hmm. locker room, um, you know, it's one thing because you're interacting with the coaches. You, you, you have to, right? The coaches are there. You know them. You're interacting with them, right with them all, all the time. But you, you you think about the business side of it, and you just you always wonder, you know, do they even care? You know, and when right. they show they care it, it, at yeah. any level, you know, you almost feel like uh, a dog getting a treat. You're just gonna yep. you're you're wagging your tail. You're just a happy camper, and but it means a ton to the players yeah. that that you know that. They are a person, and what they what they're doing out there does matter, and 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 people notice, and that's that's important thing to do. And I don't I don't think that's like that in a
1: lot of places. I I agree. I mean, we could name. I think there's some perennial teams that that most all the players know about that just ownership takes a very uh, hands off approach and a very cheap approach to a degree, and we won't say the teams, but. But, I, but I, you just, when you yeah. get in the league, for those who are listening, I mean, word travel is no different than being in any business quite on mm-hmm. here, honestly. With yeah. upper levels do different things, I mean, the word travels for sure. I know one thing, I about to share something with you I, I think is interesting is, you know, back when I came uh, to Kansas City in, in 810, had a little bit of a, um, there was just a little bit of an issue between them and, and, and the Chiefs for whatever reason, and I didn't know any better. But Jason Whitlock, who you work with some, and yeah, you know, he can be polarizing at times. Um, but I started I started doing uh, internship on my days off. So on Tuesday, I would go in at five thirty in the morning and being an intern. Then I started to get on the radio and I didn't ask permission because I didn't think you had to. And all of a sudden I got called into the principal's office uh and, and they talked to me about that. And I was like, Oh, I didn't realize They're Like, well, we've we've heard you and uh this was Carlos that I've heard you and, and you handled yourself okay. So we're gonna let you do it, but this just isn't what generally what we do is like okay. So if that wasn't enough though, this is where I was really proud of the fact is Lamar pulled me aside one day and he said, Hey, he goes he goes, I actually stay in my car on Tuesday sometime and listen to you on eight ten because I appreciate how you handle Jason and deal with stuff because I don't possess the ability to not be a smart ass. So I'm always messing with people and Jason didn't seem to have a problem with that. You worked with him even more than I did, but yeah. I I always think that's cool when you when you can form a little bit of a relationship with the guys who are you know they're they're running this multi million multi billion dollar operation and then I was just throwing a ball between my legs, yeah, yeah, that's something how that that works and it and it, it really is um, something
2: too that the fact that look, Lamar was that kind of guy that yeah he he would sit in his car and listen to the radio if you were talking about him that the his team or. Any of the topics that that go along on a day to day basis, but um, you you talk about some of the teams that are out there, and you know the players. We heard stories. You know the team that that they used to make you take your own laundry home to wash it after practice oh. every day. Oh yeah, uh, I mean yeah. So think about those things. You you wonder when you're done practicing, and 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 you have to take your equipment home and wash it for the next day. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, that, it, so, that's that's amazing. Yeah, he really does. I remember Mike Tomczak when I was in the Steelers. One time he got up and he just let in to coach Cow. Well, you were, around, were you around Cowher? Yeah. So, okay. Coordinator here. Okay, that's what I thought because he came over there. So I, I, you can appreciate this then and, and think about this. He freaking lit Cowher up about the crap that we were served at trading camp. He's like, listen, he goes, we're, you're paying all these guys multi-million dollars and you feed us dog crap. I mean, he just he just killed him and, and Bill just kind of looked at him, whatever. I mean, I sure as to hell wouldn't have said that stuff, but I guess that when you're when you're a veteran, or you just feel like you you can do it, it's okay. But it, it, it's it's pretty interesting. So, okay, we're gonna take another break, and when we come back, we're gonna talk a little bit about life after football.
0: Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network.
1: I'm Kimble Gammon, and we're back here with Bill Moss, former defensive end. Overall fifth round or fifth choice of the nineteen eighty-four draft, first round Pittsburgh, or from oh, sorry, I'm back to Pittsburgh with the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay, Bill. Um, you have your career, that goes well. Um after your career, uh I'm I'm curious. Number one, I always said that the minute I got into the NFL, I was looking for a way out. It's not that I didn't want to uh be, be done, but I knew I would be at some point. Uh just your thoughts maybe early on in your career towards the end of your career what you thought you would do what you did for a while what you ended up doing now and really what you're you're up to these days so yeah i mean i didn't
2: i didn't think i had a plan in place but i I didn't i I actually did and didn't know it so when i was when i was playing um Mm -hmm. i i worked in the off season at the local news station um Frank Bowling Sports, he helped me get into Channel 4. Uh, I did packages. I cut packages at and, and college games and, and different events and different things, and uh, I worked at it. You know, we had a, a week right. radio show, and um, all, all those things kind of just played out. And So it was, you know, Fox just – when I, I got done playing, Fox had just started doing sports you know with yes. cbs abc and NBC before and then fox jumps into the mix and they get the the uh nfc package and um they were they were looking for people and i sent a resume in and uh lo and behold they I, I got i got hired i got a job and um i didn't get very far away from football i was i was doing it right covering it and broadcasting it uh it was it was, it was a great time and uh, i did it for 12 years um it was a natural fit. And all along the time when I was playing, I also invested in property, real estate. Okay. I did that while I was broadcasting as well. And so um, now, on a day to day basis, I'm, I, I do commercial real estate. And, and so all those things I didn't know right. that I was planning, but it actually right. is, is, is what I became afterwards.
1: Yeah, that's that's interesting you say it. I was, uh, you know, I did uh, broadcasting for 12 years as well, stepped away and then I'm still in radio. As I always say, I've got a face for radio, so it works out really well. And I know you've heard that one, but uh, all, all the same. I, I'm curious your thoughts, you know, after playing for a long time like I did and then broadcasting, we, we kind of parallel there and and then kind of go off the air a little bit. Um, and and start doing some other things because so I work for Pittsburgh State University as well. Uh, I do I do some development work for War Horses for Veterans, which is we bring special ops forces in and equine therapy and work with them, and it's it's a great thing. Uh, if you guys haven't heard of it, go investigate it. But but either way, I'm curious: did football ever dull to you a, a little bit b- being in it so long? Because for me, it did, and I've just been talking with my wife this year about the fact of. I'm enjoying it a little bit more. It's like almost the love's come back to me a little bit more because I'm not so inundated in it. I mean, um, I'm curious if you ever experienced any of that because, I mean, we work, eat, breathe football for so long, you know, in essence, almost three decades. And I think you do anything for a long time, it it can become tired a little bit. I got away from it a little bit. And now I'm starting to see some joy. I'm, I'm curious what your path has been. Yeah. So I, I'd say there's a wide
2: variety of emotions. Uh, uh-huh. you know, I, 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 I could tell you, I, I there's some animosity, I think, or there was no, um, there's no preparation. I, I don't take or there wasn't any, um, right. uh, uh, any guidelines. There wasn't any help. There wasn't any resources like there is right. now for these players yeah. It in, in, in a transition. And, and here's reality. And this is, this is whole reality right here. I played in 10 years in the league and in the, those 10 years while I'm playing, everybody that left college when I did is yes. 10 years into a career established. Head and, start. And, and you are sitting out there saying, oh, well, now what? Right. Um, and I don't, you know, there, there is no room for planning. And then, you know, it just, it doesn't right. happen. I mean, you're, you're on to the next, you're getting ready for the next season you're into the off season training. You're into, it's just, that, that's the way it is. So I, I think, you know, it's, it's like a bad breakup. Uh, yeah. You put so, so much into it. Uh, when you put all that effort and energy and your emotions into mm-hmm. the game, uh, and then the game's not there anymore, it's, it's a bad breakup. And, yeah. uh, there's, there's a lot of feeling to go along with that. And, you know, some of it is depressing and some right. of it is, you know, anger. Uh, I, I, I can, I, I, don't know who has left and felt great about it. Right. Not right. very few out of me, I would imagine. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I look at the game now and it's still a big part of my life. I mean, Sundays are football. I mean, it's, yeah. that's it. Right? right. Um, and, and yeah. It's amazing how the game has changed and what it's become and what it is. But at the same time, it's a different game than than I played, but it, it's exciting. It's fun. It's yeah. fun to watch. And it has me glued to the TV and, and rooting. So, uh, yeah, There's, a, I think there's a lot of emotions. Like when you leave the game, when you gave so much to it, um, yeah, you, you, you would only expect that there would be feelings attached to it.
1: Yeah, there is. And you're right. And back when we came out, and my probably a little bit more than you, there there wasn't player programs. I mean, Kansas City no. was the first to do it. Lamont Winston, they did some nice things, but not to the degree they, they do now I mean, because they really try hard. Uh, and the NFL is, I mean, it's such a big business. It's gotten so much bigger than when you and I played and it just continued to go uh with that i think um now so i i still do some radio i'm on you know 101 little fox i'm on uh sports radio 810 yeah. on fridays with uh, jason and joshua i'm in the zone you do some things people can listen to you also on 810 as well is that right yeah yeah
2: i, I steve and st john and we go way back to when uh 810 first started uh where yeah he's on in the morning the border patrol he and nate Picadia uh i i like talking about the game once on, on monday yeah. with them. so yeah on well, nine o'clock and, Monday
1: mornings after the game, and it's yeah, it's enjoyable. I'd like to still be a part of it. Yeah, absolutely. How about um, as far as uh, you know, hobbies for Bill Moss these days? What did you have? Are are, are you a hunter? Are you a fisher? Are there other things that keep you? What what do you do other than uh, your with uh, your real estate side of things? Then then also you know paying attention to football. Yeah, so you know I'm
2: I'm just an outdoors guy. I I have been. We love the outdoors. My wife and I we um, we're big skiers, uh, and that, that's hard to do when you get a new hip and a new knee too. But wow. we're, we're still, yeah, I'm still at it, and it's something that I've been doing since I was three years old. And and uh, we look forward to uh, taking you know more than several trips uh, in the winter time to different resorts and and having our, our fun time. Um, and I just love the outdoors. I love being outside. Yeah. i love doing stuff, whether it be hiking or fishing or hunting or all those things it's just uh, yeah. camaraderie um and and calmness too so uh, yeah yeah I, I do have
1: hobbies and and I enjoy them uh, that's awesome and believe it or not i'm a I'm a snowboarder so I I drag them up and, up nice. and I love it uh, yeah I do it's it's just such a good time and for me it's yeah. easy it's easier on my knees and I can ski but uh, not my greatest thing it's kind of funny uh me and a few of the guys after the season um while I was playing we would go up to Sun Valley uh and i remember i was like well I'm not, and at the time i didn't ski so i was like well i'm not gonna ski because i'm you know i'm, I'm playing i want to take care of myself but meanwhile we would get out on snowmobiles and be going seventy, 70 miles per hour I'm just like okay not not the smartest thing at all but it, you know it kind of is what it is so all right okay um well we're gonna let you go but uh as i do with each and every guest uh, i i'd like to finish with this which is as you look at your career and in, in general, uh, is there a high that happens to stand out, and is there a low that happens to stand out? How did you deal with both?
2: Well, that's hey, That's a great question. Um, I, you know, I, I think that early on, I, I, I had, I had somebody tell me, and they, they made me a, a plaque of it. It was uh, coming out of coming out of college, um, and and there is no winner. And there is no loser. They're only words, and and, and they can't define you. And so, wow. I, I I I always kept that. I always thought that. Yes. hung on my. It, it hung on my wall. Um. And and so, yeah, there were some high times that you get caught up in all the jubilation of how great you are. And uh-huh. um, low, there's some low times too as well when you, that you beat yourself up for it. Still to this day, but you know, it, it doesn't define who you are. They're they're just words. So I, I kind of always went by that.
1: Yeah, it comes full circle with what you started with when we started talking, which is the mindset you have and the mindset you decide to have and the mindset you decide to cultivate. So, very well. Well, hey, as always, Bill, I appreciate you taking time with everything. Uh, I'm Kendall Gammon. He is Bill Moss, former defensive end for the Kansas City Chiefs, and you've been listening to Beyond
2: the Game.